Blog Talk Radio. and you're listening to Live Without Limits. Today's show is titled, How to Quit Your Job and Achieve Entrepreneurial Freedom in Six Steps. Having a single employer is risky and probably holding you back. Why is it holding you back? Because whenever you go to work for someone, you're dealing with their rules and their regulations, their hours, they tell you when you can take lunch, they tell you when you can take your breaks. When you work for yourself, you have the freedom to choose your hours. But remember this, you still need to be disciplined. A massive shift in the United States workforce is happening right now. U.S. workers are quitting their jobs at the fastest rate since the internet boom 20 years ago. And it's not surprising. Research shows that a staggering 87% of employees worldwide report not being engaged at work. They're not being utilized to their fullest potential. How many times have you listened to someone who works in the corporate world and what is happening They're leaving the corporate world simply because they don't want to deal with the politics of what's going on in the environment. And a lot of these changes started happening when, not just because of the Internet, but when corporations started merging and there were two to three jobs per position. That is that you had three or more people. And what happened? Companies were looking for ways to decrease and not only decrease, but cut their expenses. When you look at what was going on in the job market a hundred years ago, that was when there was a big influx of employees of people into this country and they brought their skills and their work ethic with them. The first generation born in this country were the ones who went to work for the corporations and they worked their way up within the company after 25 years of giving it them all getting into middle management and upper management positions, they retired after 25 years with a retirement party and a gold watch. And many of them were expected to live comfortably on Social Security, which didn't happen because of inflation. And 
if you look at the economy, there's always periods of times when there's ups, when there's lows, and the highs, or anything else. But when you're self-employed, what you're doing is you are creating an income for yourself based on your effort and decision on how much you want to earn. Instead, these quitters are picking out co-working spaces and freelancing in exotic countries. Solo travel bookings shot up 42% over the past two years. U.S. freelancers jumped by 8.1% over the last three years. Fast Company reports that freelancers will be the majority of the U.S. workforce by 2027. And considering that this is September 2019, that's just slightly more than seven years from now. And what is a freelancer? A freelancer is someone who's a solopreneur working from home, utilizing the Internet. Either they can be remote workers working for a company like Comcast or Verizon or even AT&T. What that means is that the corporation supplies them with the computer and the software that they need to run that business. Then, all they have to do is hook up the phone, hook up the internet, get online, and then the corporation or the company when they log into the website, will just reroute calls into the home. And what is that doing? That's giving you the alternative of flexible time, telling them what days you want to work or whatever. A freelancer can also be someone who advertises on Fiverr or Elance or any place where all they have to do is offer their skills, whether it be as a blogger, whether it be as a digital marketer, whether it be as any position where you are offering your services for a fee to someone else. All they have to do is go on Fiverr, know exactly what it is they're looking at, they can look at your background, they can see what you're an expert on, they can see what other reviews you've had, and then they can pick who they want to work with. It can be developing a logo for them, it can be creating any type of program that someone needs, that it can literally be a virtual assistant to someone who's running a business from home, no matter what type of business that it is. What does all this mean? Working for an employer is not fulfilling for a lot of people. People want more flexibility. They want to travel. Let out of their restrictions and work from anywhere. The nine-to-five office job is dead. 
But if you have one job at one company, you're also putting all your income eggs into one basket. You could be let go at any time. It's outside of your control, and it's ultimately fragile. There's simply too much opportunity, too much to learn and experience, and too much life to be lived to stay in a job and wait until retirement to be free to do what you find fulfilling. Now, many of the millennials or Generation Z, what's happening is they witnessed many of their parents being forced out of jobs with corporations back in the late 90s. And what was going on at that time? You had two to three people in one position when companies merged. So what companies did initially, because there was an unwritten rule that you had a job for life, was they literally offered buyout packages. That was also the beginning of the dot-com era. That was the Y2 era. That was exactly when computers were changing over from the 1900s to the, or rather, from the 20th century to the 21st century. And there was a fear that computers would crash. So what happened? All of these people who were let go from IBM really went in and overinflated prices to individuals to protect their computers from crashing. Now, that also created, because it was an overinflated time, a crash in the dot-com era. All of that is coming back because the dot-com era is literally, the dot-com is a website. And because there's so many different websites today, you've got .us, .gov, .org. .org is usually for a nonprofit. .us is most likely the United States government. And what's happening, too, is you're seeing that people are more willing to work from home and be an affiliate with someone who works as a solopreneur and helping them sell their products to you. And it's creating more freedom. The thing is that this is also making you dependent on being more structured in how you plan your day and understanding the importance of time management. There's another way. For some of us, not everyone, but for some, a better fitting career path is entrepreneurial freedom. Entrepreneurial freedom is an untethered, independent way to build wealth, doing what you love to do. And what we want to give you is a six-step roadmap to achieve entrepreneurial freedom. It centers around answering the crucial question, how do you build multiple streams 
doing what you love to do from anywhere. And the first thing to think about when you're thinking about starting a business is to acquire a skill you love. Now, I've used the DISC profile as an assessment tool. And what that does is it tells you where your strengths and weaknesses are. For instance, someone with a high D behavior, they see the total picture and they know exactly what their plans are, but they may not always know how to get there. Then you've got the inspirational or the high I behavior pattern. And that's the person who literally is so outgoing, they can talk to anyone. They can be a great talker, but at the same time, they may not know how to really close someone in a sale, but that's a learned skill that can be learned. Then you've got the steadiness behavior pattern, which is they're the people that literally go by the book. They follow the rules. They can sit at the desk. They can be the person who literally takes hours and hours, and they can keep doing something and doing something until it's perfect. Then you have the conscientiousness behavior pattern, and that's the person that questions everything before they make a decision because they need to know all the ins and outs of what their plan is before they actually institute it. It's just a matter of understanding where your strengths are, where your behavior, your weaknesses are, because, you know, we have all of these behaviors within us, but some are our strengths, some are our weaknesses, and you can always interconnect them, you can always change them, and get a load of this. You can bring forth some of your weaknesses and make them your strengths depending on whether or not it's something that you really believe in and something that you really want to do. Now, this is the foundation of your career and will serve you for the rest of your life. A skill you love is the asset you will use to help others succeed, which is the foundation of business. Now, for me, that's writing. And it's also standing up in front of people and speaking and telling them how to live the best quality of life possible and to help them with their careers to make the right choices. Ironically, I hated writing. I wasn't good at it in school. My grades were, as Jordan Peterson would say, not good. I didn't enjoy it or see much purpose in it until my first job. My first job out of school was as a marketing coordinator at the Chamber of Commerce. My first boss taught me that a skill that changed my life forever. She taught me how to write a press release. 
she was very hard on me and forced me to write with structure, clarity, brevity, and sticking only to the facts. Now, I know what you're thinking. A press release? How boring. I know. But here's what happened. After I wrote a press release and sent it to the chamber email, it would be reprinted in the local newspaper. I would see an article I wrote in the newspaper that a ton of people read. It made me realize that a press release can have a massive impact on the business world and people's lives. A press release can change how people make decisions or alter events in the real world. A press release is also important because it promotes anything that you do in business today. So, in 2014, I started writing on Medium, publishing on other blogs, and growth started to happen. I was published in Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Business Insider, Axios, TNW, Smashing Magazine, and CNBC Make It. My Medium publication grew to over 91,000 followers. I learned if you don't waste people's time, stick to just the facts and put the facts in the right order. Writing is useful, but it doesn't have to be writing. Your skill can be anything that adds value to someone or someone else. And how do you find it? Simply with these three questions. What do you love to create? I believe everyone is innately drawn to create in some way, whether it's with words, wood, code, paint, or culinary arts. How do you express your creativity? If you were given a billion dollars right now, what would you spend your time doing? A mentor took me out to lunch one day. He sat across the table from me. He pushed the salt shaker towards me and asked me this question. Imagine this was a billion dollars. How would you spend your time? It's an interesting question because it removes the need to make money. What would you do if all of your needs were met for the rest of your life? I think this is something that people don't always think about and don't always think about how they would do that. Think about it. You've got lotteries today, and you've got people that have won millions and millions of dollars. Now, everyone will say, oh, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do that. But when it comes right down to it, unless you have someone that's a financial advisor 
that can sit down with you and help you plan things out, what happens? You literally go out buying everything that you see simply because it's something that you've always wanted. And it's always the idea of be having more or living bigger or looking about how you can be more impressive to someone else who doesn't have anything. This is always something that we need to contemplate in so many ways. How can you get really, really good at that one thing? This is a very pragmatic question that Matt Eliason said in an interview, 90% of search engine optimization expertise is writing the best answer on the internet to a specific question. The other 10% is the technical stuff like meta tags, alternate tags, keyword description. It's incredibly hard. So you have to be really good, work hard, and practice. Benjamin Franklin, one of the best writers in history because he became the legendary at writing by copying famous columnists and authors in London when he was young and trying to recreate their arguments from memory and then comparing his own writing to theirs. Eventually, he found that he could sometimes make the same point they were making, but in a clearer way with fewer words. So find something that you love to do that helps others succeed and become really good at it. This is where we need to understand who we are, where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and how we can interact all of those things and adapt to what it is that can give us the best opportunity to succeed, create things, and fail a lot. This is something that I think a lot of people forget about is failure is an opportunity to learn. When I told a friend about the importance of failure, he asked a clarifying question. But the goal isn't failure, right? It's true. It's not. Nobody wants to fail, but failure means something completely different as an entrepreneur. Failure means you took a risk and you learned something. Elon Musk said, if you're not failing, you're not innovating enough. Jeff Bezos said, failure and invention are as inseparable twins. Not only does failure teach you something useful, but it also develops in your resilience that you will need as an entrepreneur. Remember, as an entrepreneur, everything you do is not always going to be gold. It's accepting that and then figuring out a way 
to get around it or a new technique to make it successful. So it's always adapting to your lifestyle. And for one thing, I have half a dozen failures from my own life. And here's the lessons that I learned. In the end, when a venture doesn't go as well as you hope, try to remember this quote. Teachers teach, coaches coach, entrepreneurs fail. It's part of the job. If you don't learn from your failures, then you really aren't failing. But if you acquire strategies, insights, and relationships from each failure, the next time it should go better and better until you eventually gain traction. Make big S at that. Big ask, accelerate your career. A big ask is an audacious, bold proposal to do something that outsizes your current capacity to do it. A big ask could take the form of an email, conversation, a phone call, a tweet, or a direct message over over social. It could easily get rejected or ignored, but if it goes through, it could change the course of your career forever. For example, I made a big ask for my second job ever. I had noticed a company that I really wanted to work at was missing a marketing lead. The firm didn't have much of a brand presence online. So I got to know the people in the firm, wrote the job description, title, and salary, and pitched it. They accepted. I left my hourly job and became the new director of marketing at a commercial real estate company for the next two and a half years. After I left, they hired two people to fill my role. A big ask accelerates your career. For entrepreneur, big ask should be weekly, if not daily occurrences. They are the secret to getting new clients. New partnerships, new sales, and new press coverage, and great hires. Now, how to make a big ask in six steps. Spend time with and study a brand person with which you'd like to work. Recognize the person's or the company's needs. Reach out. Build relationships. Propose how you can fill that need. It should be aligned, specific, and helpful so you feel silly not hearing them out. Negotiate the terms. Make sure it works for both you and them. Now, as an entrepreneur selling your services, these are the things that you need to consider I'm going to quickly go over them again just so you can hear them again. Spend time with and study a brand, the 
person with which you like to work. Recognize the person's or the company's needs. Reach out, build relationships, propose how you can fill that need, and it should be aligned, specific, and helpful so they feel silly not hearing you out. Negotiate the terms. Make sure that it works for you and them. And think about it this way. When you are looking for opportunities to build your business and you have a client that you want to work with or you see something that they can use that you have to offer, create and plan. Plan out and structure everything. Therefore, you know exactly what you're doing and how you are doing it and how to be very successful at your choices. And make sure that everything you do leads to who you are in your life and what kind of legacy that you can leave on someone else. And remember, you can go to my website, and that website is the number one personal careercoach.com and you can take both individual and group coaching or you can also sign up for one of my courses that can teach you how to build a business and set up your mission.